This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to New Rockstars and our breakdown of The Boys, Season 2, Episode Quattro. That's four. Cinco. That's five. Cinco de Quattro. We gotta go. <laughs> John, edit it out. Make it sound like I spoke beautiful Spanish to begin this episode. All right. The episode's called We Gotta Go Now. My name is Tommy Bechtold, and this is The Boys Underground. This after show is gonna peel your face back. Oh, God. So you can better absorb all our information and then shove that information gun into your eyes. Do you need your face peeled back in order to absorb that information can it just go through any of the holes in your face for most people yes but i absorb by osmosis it all has to bleed through oh a, i a, see a, a layer uh all right so <laughs> with me as you can tell to share his thoughts on vaught is our original albanian gangster himself mr eric voss <laughs> not albanian but i'm um <laughs> you know a thought gangster Thought Gangster. Thought Gangster is someone that went to NYU in 1980 definitely has Thought Gangster tattooed on their forearm. <laughs> so let's catch up on what happened in this pretty bananas episode. The dawn of the seven film is shooting with scenes that out Maeve and force A-Train to resign. Pretty diabolical. Starlight and Stormfront reach a stalemate over Starlight leaking the compound V to the press and Stormfront's past as liberty. The Deep goes public with his Church of the Collective marriage and Maeve plots to use him to protect Elena. Kimiko takes hit jobs and Frenchie tries to get her to stop and he has very bad luck with that. But you know she must like him a little deep down because... We see how easily she can kill people. And this is twice now that she has physically attacked him, but shown enough restraint to not really do any damage. Just kind of yeah. like the way, you know. He's given this. her plenty of reasons. He did, yes. um, you know, piss off all those old people sitting around in church. But uh, still, right. she held back. So that's love. This, yes, exactly. This is like the water sprayer in the face of a puppy or a kitten to get them <laughs> not, to, not, to, not to piss on the carpet. Uh <laughs> Also, the boys reconnect with Butcher in the home of his Aunt Judy. And finally, we get to meet his dog, Terror. We learn Butcher had a brother named Lenny who looked like Huey. Black Noir attacks them. Uh, Not very stealthfully for a man named Black Noir. (laughs) It's like, where is he? Oh, he's right there. We're all outside. What's this dude? Did they get direct TV? No, there's just a large man in all black tactical gear. (laughs) Butcher ends up scaring off Black Noir and Stan Edgar by threatening to release photos of Becca's son uh, Hmm. to to the world up in the cloud. I love that the cloud is a threat now. I'm going to start using that in my everyday (laughs) life. If I die, dead man switch. Some tech is going to find out, I guess, somewhere. Yeah. And if my heart stops beating, then I put up all the information needed to take this entire country down. Yeah, if you just pay a dollar more to iTunes every month, you can have a pacemaker installed to where if you die, everything just goes public. 
We'll be talking more about that during the ad break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, <just laughs> Homelander torches a protest rally, but it is a fantasy. So ah, dang that, it! Uh, oh, I hate it when they do that. When Me they're too. just I, like, I, oh, exactly what you want to see in your darkest yeah. fantasy, and then yeah. character blinks, and we're back like ten yeah. seconds earlier. I I was like, wow, this show will never be the same after this. And then right, was, I know uh, that was a huge game changer. Exactly the same. Not at all. Uh, eventually, that leads to Stormfront helping him with her strong meme game and uh, creating all these memes that really uh, that viscerally affected me because I'm like, oh, this is just how the internet really is. It's like when they He's... showed like the the one the one meme that was like photoshopped proof of Photoshop saying the guy didn't really die. Oh, that was very upsetting. Uh, you know, it is one of these things where it's like um, it is the most accurate version of internet culture that we've seen when it comes to meme culture, but it's still not totally accurate because you can't boil the complexity of the internet down into yes. like five minutes of storytelling. It would take years. It would take lots of other things going a certain way. You can't yeah. just create a couple memes and yeah. plug them into Tumblr somewhere no. and then it changes someone's approval ratings. For, for sure. I mean, the, definitely something that I think we, we give up, we concede with the boys as a series as whole is like, these are all superheroes. So time and like, much like, you know, te- television shows based in LA, time is not real. Like Homelander yeah, yeah. can be across the world here and then all the way across the country in the same day, in the same hour, within minutes. And also people can have like, drastic emotional shifts within like seconds of each other and like like yeah you're uh, it's like in that world you're like sure stormfront makes some memes and immediately homelander is like exonerated on the internet homelander torches the protest rally but that's just a fantasy like we said stormfront helps him with her strong meme game and then the two absolutely bang the crap out of each other in homelander's apartment raw dog didn't see any protection used much like the homelander doll was getting raw dogged by terror at the end of uh (laughs) of uh, his time on screen. And by the way, I hope that's not the last we see of that dog uh, because what a delight. What a delightful little chunk that dog was. (laughs) I know. And I know why they waited so long because it is so hard to produce film and television with live animals, with dogs like that. You have to have like, uh, you know, lots of people who are keeping sight on it. The dog has to be well trained. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hard to shoot with dogs. Well, and and also I think the thing people don't realize is that most of the dogs that are trained in and this is my i guess i say most of any dog that i've ever worked with on film or television is trained with a food-based reward system yes so you have to put food everywhere yeah that you yeah, want yeah. them to pay attention to and like it's just a constant like <laughs> peanut butter on like the steering wheel right like, peanut butter like <laughs> anywhere you want the dog to be looking or like paying attention to there has to be food and like even then, there's no guarantee that they're going to behave. It just guarantees that you'll have their attention for that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it is um, a real pain in the ass. But, but, you know, I'll say when it comes to this episode, I, I wish that uh, Homelander's Torchin of the Rally was real. I, I'm not fan a fan of that trope, as I said. But yeah. uh, overall, like, that would be such a huge game changer that I understand yeah. if they want to hold off on that kind of thing. But it did yeah. present some interesting um, questions, I think, that we'll talk about throughout this episode when yeah. it comes to... Uh, when it comes to Black Noir, when it comes to Homeland, or when it comes to Stormfront, there's like a couple mm-hmm. clues that uh, that I spotted throughout this episode. Where I'm like, huh, you know, I kind of yeah. mark the time code. We'll like revisit that later. And definitely the Black Noir uh, mystery surrounding who Black Noir really is. And I haven't gotten to that point in the comic book, so I don't know who uh, who, who they end up being. But like, and if that's what it's going to be in the show. But uh, it is 
it's definitely getting more fascinating. I was I was curious if we were going to get the reveal in this episode, but it feels like this is this is going to be a season ending yeah. reveal at this I point, so. or like penultimate so. episode. But I agree with you. Uh, I was I was talking about this earlier. It is a pet peeve of mine when the most exciting thing in the ep- in an episode of like an action show ends up being a fantasy. You're like, oh, so this didn't really happen. Yeah, <laughs> okay. thanks a lot, Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> I know you hate that movie, but I'm Team Jacob for life, and he really shined. He really shined. Uh, I'm, Shone? I'm, I'm, I'm Shone Team Eddie. Uh, Betty B. Eddie. Mm. He's, a, he's a, <laughs> Eddie for life. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Fair. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go through um, the 10 big details, 10 big moments with some amazing, cool attention to detail that they did, uh, starting with this whole Dawn of the Seven movie. No. Uh, obviously a parody of superhero movies like Justice League. Uh, in fact, many of you caught when Homelander said, Joss rewrite really sings, huh? That's referring to Joss Whedon. Even the German translation of the episode makes it Joss Whedon, his whole name. Um, <laughs> but uh, Whedon, of course, took over for Justice League. League. It was a movie with, you know, what we're now learning had some similar mistreatment of Ray Fisher that A-Train is experiencing in this episode. Mm. Um, but also, it's not just like a Justice League thing. It's very much a parody of Avengers movies. The whole, like, mm-hmm. you know, ending the battle in the rubble of New York City. Uh, Joss Whedon, of course, also directed the first two Avengers movies. And when they talked about this Whedon rewrite, Whedon wasn't directing this movie. But, like, he was, for decades the go-to script doctor in Hollywood. He did rewrites. If you look at the list, it's not always on IMDb, but that guy did final drafts on a ton of movies. He's like credited on things like Toy Story, uh, the X-Men, wow. the first X-Men movie. Uh, Joss Whedon did a pass on that. Like, they would just bring in this guy to figure stuff out. He's just, mm. he, he was considered like the the brainy script guy in Hollywood. Yeah. There was that girls get it done moment, which to mm-hmm. many did echo the female superhero lineup moment from Endgame. Uh, Greg Grumberg yeah. cameos as Agent Pearson, very much the Agent Coulson of this. But a uh, second detail that ties the dawn of the 7-2 Endgame, if you were to zoom and enhance on A-Train's Goldenrod script revision pages, it talks about destroying the Eternity Crystals. Obviously nods to the Infinity Stones. They also, <laughs> I love that close-up where Atrium was trying to rewrite the scene. They uh, snuck in some funny typos. Like he uses <laughs> the wrong version of T-O-O or T-O yeah. and just kind of swaps them. Also, he talks about how he's changing his dialogue to sound more natural. Like this is what Atrium would say. But if you were to actually read that script, he's pretty much saying is synonymously the right. same thing. All that he really changed was the fact that the character wasn't getting, you know resigned out of the seven and right. the, those final lines on the page. He's pretty much saying the same shit. All right. Now we got to talk about the character Lamplighter. Uh, mm. So Sean Ashmore, Iceman from the Fox X-Men movies, but more importantly to me, Jake from Animorphs. He appears this episode as a nurse unnamed from the Sage Grove Medical Center who talks on the phone with Stormfront. He's fiddling with the Zippo lighter. This is Lamplighter past member of the seven that Mallory forced to resign before the events of the series. He Mm. opened the spot for Starlight to join the seven. His Mm. power is pyrokinesis, which is amazingly ironic. They got Sean Ashmore to do this because that's similar to his Zippo lighter carrying rival pyro in X2. But if you looked closely throughout the season and in this episode, there have been some missable references to Lamplighter. So last episode, Sherry told Frenchie, You think that by saving her, you can make amends. For all the people you hurt, for those children that Lamplighter burned. And in this episode, the bystander that Homelander killed in Africa was wearing a Lamplighter shirt. And oh. one of the plush dolls that Butcher looks at in the store on the far right is a Lamplighter one. 
I did not notice that. Nice That's one. Why they trapped me in the blue dungeon. <laughs> yes. Uh, yay, yay for captives. Okay, so let's talk about this Homelander torching the protesters fantasy sequence. Um, I loved so much in this scene. Uh, from the moment Homelander arrives with this congresswoman, Newman, he references her walk like an Egyptian dance, which, yeah, it's a nod to AOC dancing in that video she made in yeah. college yeah. Uh, that the right has tried to like make fun of her with. Yeah, uh, and it sucks later, to watch her dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having fun in college doing a completely fine <laughs> whatever group around. Sick yeah, burn. got her. Um, <laughs> also, they later have a meme of Congressman Newman where she's making almost the exact like uh, still frame face that they often use for AOC memes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear they're they're pulling from the same thing. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the the political parallels here, Homelander has that whole line of like uh, criticizing the starving people for having cell phones. Mm-hmm. That very much to me sounded like when uh, Chaffetz, the GOP congressman, criticized low-income folks for buying iPhones. Yep. <laughs> As is fun to look at in these rallies, the signs are always great. Sometimes they're just the same signs from yesterday's rally scene. But mm-hmm. um, and this one had someone holding a sign saying, seven movies suck. Mm-hmm. Like just someone who just is mad at the movies. Yeah. Uh, and then another one saying, <laughs> heroes don't need capes, which to me always feels like a no capes reference. You know. Yes. But um, the real attention to detail that I loved about the sequence, the fact that it's a dream sequence is interesting because we see the congresswoman gasping in horror. People are mm-hmm. screaming, running away. The soldier's flipping off hand stays flipping off when it gets burned off his arm. Mm-hmm. That laser slices through Homelander's own face on the yellow sign. Mm-hmm. And all of these details are things in Homelander's imagination. He is well aware of how much he scares people. And it's weird. His own self-delusion is itself cinematic, just like the reels of himself that he's been spending all day watching on playback for this movie, Dawn of the Seven. So, like, he imagines his own fantasy, his own life, as, like, a movie that he would yeah. have seen, like a fictionalized version of his life. What an absolute psychopath. <laughs> I think it's interesting to compare this fantasy with the opening moments with Butcher because there was that moment where, like, the sound of the band fades out. He's in his own kind of, like, isolated tunnel vision mm. state. And then he viciously attacks this stranger on a much smaller scale than Homelander, mm. of course. But, like, his rock-bottom detachment actually ends in real pain for him. Mm-hmm. He gets jumped and beaten up. Whereas Homelander's rock-bottom detachment is really just stays in his mind. And it's, like, a mm. mental, emotional pain that he has to carry with mm-hmm. him. And uh, a fun visual joke, the, uh, the frozen peas that Butcher uses on his face, they're Homelander <laughs> brand... Peace, uh, yes. which is like a bit ironic considering Homelander is anything but peaceful. Right. Yes, okay. yeah, peaceful. there's nothing it's like peaceful. the Simpsons. How do you yeah. get peace with a with knife? A knife. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, the scene where Homelander chats with A Train, she mentions the Church of the Collective, how she used to be a member, and yeah, she drops more loaded racist subtext. That place used to be pure, and then they just started letting all kinds of people in, you know. Yeah, and then she gives him that look on, you know, like, it's it started to become text rather than subtext. Right. <laughs> yes. um, but this is my favorite detail. Notice her juice cup. The barista misspelled her name as Storefront, which, you know, <laughs> you, you could just read as a Starbucks wrong name gag. Like, you're not allowed to have a, a coffee cup without the name being misspelled. But, right. Tommy, I think there's an interesting reflection of Stormfront's falseness. She is a commercial front for a more insidious agenda the emails on her computer that starlight found were you know all about sage grove they're all from stan edgar if you look closely suggesting Mm -hmm. that those two are probably involved with these violent soups that are in this facility and it was 
definitely based off of you know promo footage that we've seen one of those was probably the one who popped Rainer's head mm-hmm. answering mm-hmm. that question for us the other violent moment in this episode uh, Kamiko ripping off the dude's face oh <sighs> yes yep um, but what I love about this, despite me having to kind of look away, they did a couple things to underline the shock value that I thought were really clever. First off, the guy's wearing a proud parent t-shirt, mm-hmm. which is just like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, trigger warning, because we're going to show this to you here. His um, face does get ripped off. It's disgusting. But ah! you can barely, barely notice his eyeball twitching under the skin as it's being peeled off. His hands are coming up. This guy is experiencing this full rip in real time as it's happening. He doesn't pass out. So that's horrifying that he had to, like, be alive for those final moments. Um, Now, the next moment, uh, Seth and Evan pitch to Maeve how they're going to try to spin her sexuality. They mislabel her as a lesbian instead of bisexual because they think that will sell better. Of course, Seth and Evan are named after Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, producers on the show. Um, But Watch Ashley during this moment. We are going with a polished, tailored look. A piece of food drops off her fork into her lap. Uh, and she's just like, I, I feel like this had to have been like a gaffe, but they just decided mm-hmm. to roll with it uh, because mm-hmm. it just is one of these happy accident type things. But I love this because that whole idea of a polished pantsuit look is exactly Ashley's look. Mm-hmm. But like the food falling into her lap this episode that whole polished look is falling apart later her hair is falling out she's literally mm-hmm. going to pieces from the stress okay the country argentina comes back up again this episode heading off grid argentina maybe early retirement and we've talked about how in episode one one of the Stormfront's fans on social media replied hello from argentina which you know we interpreted as a racist clue since uh, many Nazis resettled in Argentina after World War II. And I don't know, maybe heading to Argentina might be a good way to investigate Stormfront's background as Liberty and what she was before she was Liberty, which I think went all the way back to World War II and was an actual Nazi experiment. Yes. I think the only reason to go to Argentina is to see if Michael Fassbender is still bartending at that <laughs> bar from X-Men First Class because, woof, <laughs> woof. If he was, I would Me- sit there and drink all day. Yeah, you better tip. Um, I'll tip, tip, all right. (laughs) Now, uh, the last thing, maybe the most important, is Stormfront's chemistry with Homelander this episode. They end this episode, of course, fighting, dropping Mm -hmm. huge chandeliers. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how after Starlight tells Stormfront that she knows about her past as Liberty, Stormfront doesn't really relay this to Homelander. What was that all about? You girls friendly? No, just running lines. What's up? Yeah, she changes the subject, and when Homelander showed up earlier this episode asking for her help with the memes, the exchange is this weird wordless moment. Yeah, her face there, it's kind of like a mom in a soup commercial, like, oh, come here, Mm -hmm. my baby, mama will take care of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the energy between them, in my opinion, is totally Homelander and Stillwell. She's now a surrogate Stillwell. He's obsessed with their breasts and how it's like, oh, I can fry these as much as I want. It's my perfect Mm -hmm. fantasy. And Tommy, I bring this up because I believe that Stormfront, as an ageless soup, is Homelander's biological mother. Oh, my God. We never met. We never knew who his real mom was. I think it was Stormfront, and that's how she's getting under his skin. Even so, then she's banging her son. Hey, Game of Thrones <laughs> normalized incest, right? You're right, it is hot when the actors are hot. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Hey, it's the exact kind of f***ed up thing the boys would do. That's true. 
Uh, I gotta go get some laundry out of my uh, washer and dryer. If I get stuck there, Eric, will you help me out? That's mm-hmm. a porn. That's an like incest porn reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I like that you were maybe thinking I was serious there for a second. That was good. Uh, I no, will help I, you. I thought you were serious about uh, an incest reference, and I was like, brother. <laughs> So we'll talk more about uh, these two, but and I definitely have some more thoughts on Black Noir this episode. But first, we want to thank some people who helped us make this. Our friends at Helix Sleep, thank you for sponsoring us. There are more reasons than ever why you might not be getting a great night of sleep right now. We mm-hmm. understand. But your mattress should not be one of those reasons. Helix mm-hmm. Sleep makes personalized mattresses made in America, shipped straight to your door with free no-contact delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, Helix made a two-minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Tommy and I both sleep on Helix mattresses. I have the, mm. the Lux Dusk one. Yeah. I have been getting amazing sleep, like too well asleep. I I, uh, <laughs> I, I need to be say, able to yeah. snore and wake myself up uh, sometimes. No, and I no don't. joke. <laughs> those are those are tough ones to wake up from because they are so comfortable. They you never want to leave bed, especially yeah. when the you know you leaving your bed is just gonna be like I'm gonna go into a different part of my apartment and <laughs> time work to on go my to the office. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, I could work for my bed all day. Maybe I will today. Uh, uh, Helix is, <laughs> makes it very tempting. Um, they were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. All you got to do is go to helixsleep.com slash underground, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but as Tommy and I said, you will love this thing, and you'll never want to part with it. Yes. Uh, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash underground. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash underground for up to $200 off. All right. Well, I can, uh, yes, fully endorse the Helix mattress. What a comfortable experience. And let me tell you, the ladies don't complain either because they're not there. (laughs) I sleep alone. Uh, All right. Now on to some deeper questions. We had coming out of this episode. Let's start with our weekly noir watching. God, <laughs> am I watching? I don't. This I'm enthralled with the who the hell is Black Noir? Uh, let's. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll forgive him for his god awful hiding spot on a nearby <laughs> roof. Eric, what did you make of Black Noir in this episode? Okay, a couple things stood out to me about Black Noir. First off, his ringtone for Stan Edgar is like Hallelujah, Hallelujah. It's mm-hmm. You know, a bit similar to his interest in classical music for when he was showing off as, like, this concert pianist mm-hmm. last season. Oh, my God, uh, yes. There might be something to that. Uh, now, Black Noir, we learned, is not completely bulletproof. Uh, you know, they shot his hand and a hole opened mm-hmm. in his hand. It will probably heal, but, like, right. it doesn't bounce off. It doesn't ping, ping, ping like Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my theory. I don't know if you felt this way. They were talking about Lenny this episode, how Lenny mm-hmm. looked exactly like Huey. Mm-hmm. I think at some point this season, and spoiler warning in case this reveals too much, this isn't how it goes in the comics, so I'm not spoiling the comics. I think we might peel off that mask and see Huey's face. Oh, wow. Like Jack Quaid, but that is Lenny. Lenny Ah. is Black Noir. Did you feel that way? Like, I feel like that we were learning about Lenny this episode. 
So, so this is how I felt. I felt like we were definitely being led down this path. Uh huh. That, that, that like for those of us that are that think this way about TV shows that are like constantly playing detective, which is I can't help myself. Yeah. Sometimes to the detriment of my viewing experience, where I'm like, <laughs> wait a second, that girl's obsessed with playing cards. The murderer died in a casino, or the, yeah, yeah. Or the murderer <laughs> only kills in a casino, and it's like just ruins it. But uh, I think we're gonna only get more information that that is the case, only to have it be possibly either a straightforward reveal or a complete twist that it's uh, you know so a do- some uh, other sort of doppelganger or yeah. you know some sort of strange but i mean at, at this point it feels like it has to be someone that means something right like yes. it has to be someone that has some importance to right. the show it can't be a dissatisfying um conclusion it has to be someone yeah. that we're legitimately it takes our breath away when we the see the it. only way it could work is if uh the character is kind of a random person we learn about but the actor playing them is like Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, like, it's like DiCaprio that, like, or something, like in Interstellar <laughs> when that when it was Matt yeah, Damon, Matt Damon and show up. Yeah, where yeah. you're like, oh, holy shit, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. That's one All way they could get around. But I think we're on the same page. It's yeah. it's gonna be some face that is familiar to us. I hope what they do is they lead us down, and then this is something to where I do want my expectations subverted. I mm-hmm. don't want to be exactly what it is in the comics. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want it to be Lenny, but mm-hmm. it just seems like we were getting some strong hints toward that this episode. All right. Well, if in any case it does not end up being Lenny, what uh, in what capacity do you think we could see Lenny on this show? Yeah, I don't think he's dead. I don't think the no. character Lenny is dead. I don't think they would bring him up as just no. something to inform Butcher's way character. Too, yeah, way too important, I think. Yeah. Way, way, way too much time spent on it. That We're seeing this character at some point. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting that, you know, Lenny might look like Huey and that that's why Butcher is kind of taking him under his wing and he mm. wants to keep him safe. He's his canary. Like, I, I do get kind of that, but I think... Uh, uh, Lenny, the way that Vought screwed over Butcher and has his wife and uh, and I guess his stepson, I don't know what you would call Ryan to Butcher, right. um, yeah. I feel like we're going to find out some other way that Vought has screwed him over with Lenny as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, it's going to be something like that or, or it's going to be like Lenny himself got into Compound V or found a way sure. to get Compound V and has yeah. become like an awful villain and possibly... It could be a season-long thing that leads up to, like, a, like a tail scene at the end of season two to, like, yeah. reveal season three being a lot about this Lenny character, whoever yeah. ends up playing him. But I also feel like we probably would have heard the casting. Like, the industry yeah. secrets probably would have ruined that by now. Anyway. Sure. All right. So, either, it looks, though, we can conclude, in one way or another, we are going to get some Lenny action. Yeah. And that's the best kind of action. Uh, Eric, my next question for you is, do you think Butcher really has those photos, or do you think he was bluffing? Okay, so the photos is super interesting to me. Um, I know you've only read up to a certain point in the comics. There is a whole thing with uh, photos that are taken that are compromising and scandalous Mm -hmm. for Vought that uh, that Butcher is kind of connected to and and Black Noir is kind of connected to. Uh, It seems like this might be like a softer version of that. If it's just like photos of Ryan's existence, like Mm -hmm. I don't – it's hard for me to see how scandalous that is. Right. I mean, the cat's already out of the bag with Compound V, with superheroes mm-hmm. being born. So the fact that they would just have this other kid on a compound somewhere, and like I feel like if Vought could cover up and, and play the and spin right. the Compound V scandal, they can spin this too. So I feel like yeah. the photos was code uh, yeah. for something darker. Sure. And I, I guess I think to me, the thing about them not, what makes Ryan valuable is the proof that powered individuals can pass along their powers genetically now like that's physical proof 
that if you have a baby with a superhero or if you are a superhero and have a baby, you you could pass along the powers, which opens comp- competition up for Vought. You know what I mean? Like they could, yeah. new, oh, more sure. superheroes could be, they're no longer the necessary gatekeepers to compound That's V. That's right. That's a good compound point. Compound V can come from this compound D. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I'm just but kidding. Don't, to don't. answer your question, I, yeah. uh, I do think he was bluffing there. Yeah. I um, and I, I think it was a smart bluff. And I think Stan Edgar was like, oh, well, we don't need to kill him right now. We're just going right. to play it safe. We're going to investigate to see if there are actual photos of this. And yeah, I get I get this strange feeling that there's this weird kind of amusement on Vought's end with with uh, with Billy Butcher, where they're like, he almost is more valuable to us alive because he's so unpredictable that he keeps right. these superheroes on their toes. And he's yeah. almost like he's more valuable to us as a threat to them. So that we can constantly, you know, like be like, well, we can help you with butcher or whatever, like. Right, or, and, you or know, we... I think I, I, I think I totally agree. The fact that like Butcher's so anti Homelander, Vought's yeah. clearly not totally behind Homelander. No, like Homelander's a just, threat yeah. to their interests. Yeah. So they just don't know how to control him, which I, I right. think is leading to Stormfronts. Right, you know, whatever seduction. Yeah. All right, next question: Do you think the Deep is ever going to make it back into the Seven? God, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I was so happy to see him leave, but his arc this season has been so weird and interesting. Weird. Like, yeah. I do want to see him back into the seven, but I want it to be kind of like, you know how, uh, we could co- keep comparing this to Game of Thrones, but like, the way that you wanted someone to be, oh, you're rooting for this person to be, mm-hmm. you know, ruler of the Iron Throne or, or right. king of the north or something. Right. The meaning of that title changes, and I, I want the seven as a team to be so sullied as a mm-hmm. as an entity that mm-hmm. rejoining the seven doesn't really mean what the mm-hmm. deep thinks it will mean. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it would be kind of funny to have him like last man standing. Like it like, yeah. like he gets back in right as like they permanently break forever. Right. I, I think kudos to this show, this episode, for nailing the vomit inducing recovery uh parade interview on like today on the today show that we've seen yeah that i think thankfully in the last five years has kind of like uh, like enough women have risen to producer rankings on these shows where they're like we're not doing this anymore we're not having some drummer from an 80s hair metal band who beat the shit out of his wife do an interview with her where they're sipping orange juice in the kitchen being like you should see how great he is with the kids and he loves dogs and like the whole image repairing thing that we've yeah. seen Every time there's, you know, was a scandal in the 80s and 90s, and I'm sure before, but that's just my reference point. It seems like they would show up. Barbara Walters would interview them. Right. They'd be sitting together, fawning all over each other, talking about how happy they were. And it's like you know how fake that is. You know that this right. is all manufactured. I Dude, the thought- yeah, the everything that is taped or produced within the world of the show is yeah. so tonally perfect. Yes, like all the the Scientology esque stuff mm-hmm. with the Church of the Collective. How he's going through, he's like, "Hey, kids, knock it out." It's not yeah. too over the top, right. you know, the way that like we've done in our sketch comedy things right. where we're kind of like oh if we're doing it right. no it's just false enough but it feels mm-hmm. like something you could turn on the tv right now and see like oh people actually think this works still absolutely all right and finally we did kind of cover this a little bit but maybe you can you can extrapolate upon it a little more does stormfront have a deeper agenda with hooking up uh behind <laughs> hooking up with homelander Okay, so for now, for this week, I'm sticking to the theory that Stormfront is his mom. And it's mm. a weird incestuous thing because that yeah, yeah. that whole, like, Oedipus stuff of, like, hooking yeah. up with your mom is all over the place with Homelander. It, it's what drives him. It's why he likes Stillwell. Um, so I, I think there that's part of it. But ultimately, right now, I think Stormfront, at the very least, 
is projecting strength. She's mm-hmm. having sex with him, but forcing him to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and showing him that, like, hey, I'm stronger, I'm sturdier than you think. Mm-hmm. You cannot do anything to me. So in a way, it's like, it's sexual, yes, but it's mm-hmm. we're, we're watching, like, a political power yeah. struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Okay, that was our questions. Now we're going to get to... Uh, the segment that just keeps lifting and lifting and gifting and gifting. Kill counts! Kill, kill counts! Count. Uh, Marina's not here this week, so I'll handle it. Uh, more kills this week than last episode, especially if we count those sweet, sweet fantasy kills, baby. When I close yeah. my eyes, oh you my burn god, me, how baby. it's impossible to count the. I remember when I took a, a journalism class in college, they gave us a tactic of like, how do you measure crowd size? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, I could probably go through there and see how many bodies on screen right. were counted, uh, but the fact that it's a fantasy, we're not going to do it. But no. like, uh, you can kind of measure that looks like a couple hundred. It did, and and also it's hard to tell because they were a lot of them were in half. Yes, because he, he did shear through them clean. Right. So when you see lazy. a clump of something, yeah, right. that could just be one person who died. Very, very upsetting. Uh, but in the uh, real world of the boys, uh, not the real world, uh, Homelander had two kills. He killed the uh-huh. uh, Afri- African soup and the innocent bystander. Yeah, interesting how that that's uh, bystander was killed pretty much the same way um, Homelander accidentally killed that pilot. Right? Like he lasered yeah. through his target, but yeah. didn't assess the power of his laser, mm-hmm. and it killed someone that made a whole scandal for him yep yep and then our number one killer was kimiko with three kills uh all three of the Oof. eastern european gangsters all three in their own special sort of hyper violent terrifying uh comic book gore majestic yep. way oh god what kind of kills oh boy and hey yeah. that's what you get for debating uh hamilton and dear evan hansen hamilton's clearly the better show yes you know, my introduction to Dear Evan Hansen was doing a uh, wonderful uh, sketch review by Eric Voss. Oh. <laughs> the, the, it I took me like, a second. I'm like, what are we talking about? I was like, oh. what, what? I was like, what is this song that you were parodying? And it turned out it was from uh, Dear yeah, Evan Hansen. Yeah, I did a parody of uh, Waving Through the Window from Dear mm-hmm. Evan Hansen. Uh, and it was called Saving All My Heroes. Yes. And it was saving about... Saving All My Heroes. Saving All My Heroes. <laughs> um, oh, yes. And a little Spider-Man costume that I didn't think I needed to wear a dance belt so no. that in the first production we did of this show, I can't post those pictures anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can in my mind. They're burned there, baby. I got them <laughs> right up here. Right in here. Uh <laughs> On that note, that's our episode. So great to talk to you, Eric. Always a pleasure. Tune in every week for our reactions to the latest Boys episode. Subscribe to The Boys Underground on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the show earlier than the video version, and it's actually a huge help to us here at New Rockstars. Please, uh, this is a quick reminder to join our Discord, our official Discord, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash New Rockstar on Discord. We'll be fielding questions that we'll answer on the show, and you'll want to be there to be a part of the conversation. And also, inevitably, when I comment something that someone on the thread deems not uh, appropriate content and then asks me to take it to the general thread because I'm getting (laughs) off topic, uh, which is uh, all I'm good for on that. But there is a uh, a, uh, emoji with my face on it that I will will put under your comment. So if that's incentive (laughs) enough for you to join, please do follow me anywhere and i'll take you to paradise baby follow me at tommy bechtold follow eric voss at ea voss and for christ's sake follow marina at marina master yeah, she's not here marina, follow. follow her anyway figure out what she's doing follow new rock stars on all our socials subscribe here on youtube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about goodbye
Good. See you next week, Uncle Thomas. <laughs> Goodbye, son. Goodbye, nephew. Son. Oh, son. <laughs> <laughs> Mama told me you were uncle. <laughs> 